Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. Today's message, five tips for living free financially. I've been poor and rich in my life several times, but I've never lacked anything I need because I found God's promises are true. When we honor him, he honors us. Many moons ago, over 30 years now, God led me into a ministry of budget and debt counseling. That was back in the day when budgeting was done with pencil and paper and people still balanced their checkbook registers. That certainly dates me, doesn't it? I remember perusing an inspirational reading rack at a grocery store while on vacation when a book caught my attention. It was called What Husbands Wish Their Wives Knew About Money by Larry Burkett. I know, silly title. I've learned over the years this is definitely a gender-neutral issue. What fascinated me about the book was all the helpful stuff Scripture had to say about finances and managing our money. How come I had not heard any of this? I'd been raised in the church and taught Scripture since I was little. But this was brand new information. And I thought, this is important stuff. Everyone needs to know this. So I began teaching the basics of managing our finances and then counseling individuals and couples, helping them get a grip on this critical area. After my own healing journey, I moved on from that ministry and began teaching in the area of healing, but money is still a subject near and dear to my heart. As I've worked with people in the area of healing, I've noticed their finances are often a shambles. So I want to include this short teaching in my podcast series because it is definitely an area where people find themselves in bondage. And this ministry that God has called me to serve in is all about helping people get free, free from everything that is holding them back from living the life God created them to live. Obviously, I can't cover everything the Bible teaches about money in only a few minutes, but I do have time to give you my top five tips. Number one, tithe. I know I lost some of you just saying the word. You don't want to hear it. You're wishing I would start with something easier, but this is the power step. Tithing is what opens up your life for the power of God to begin working on your behalf. You can't succeed with the next four tips without God's power behind you. So this one has to come first. To tithe means to give one-tenth. When we tithe, we give God the first 10% of our income. We relinquish the first portion of of our income as an acknowledgement of our need for God's help in our life. It is a demonstration of our belief in him as our provider, belief in his word as true, belief in our need of God, and belief that we should obey God. There are some areas of scripture that are open to interpretation. Not this one though. Tithing is a black and white issue. No tithe, no blessing. However, when we do tithe, we receive all the blessings. 
Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 in the NIV says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. We may not have a barn full of animals or a vat of wine in our backyard, but you get the point. God promises to bless every area of our life, our physical needs, our jobs, businesses, our home, bills, material things. When we obey him by giving him the first 10% of our income, the first fruits of our income, we get blessed. And in case you think this was just a word for the folks in the Old Testament, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23 in the NIV. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So Jesus said we should not neglect the tithe. And in case that doesn't convince you of its importance, let me read Malachi 3, 8 and 9. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. So God is telling us we're robbing him if we don't tithe. That first 10% belongs to him, not to us. It's a debt we owe him. But let us not feel begrudgingly regarding this matter because God will always do more with your remaining 90% than you will do with 100%. Listen to what he says in verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. God says, test me. Try me now in this. He's going to open the windows of heaven and pour out more blessings than you know what to do with. This commandment, and it is a commandment, comes with a guarantee. God will take care of you. I am living proof. I remember the first time I came to this test. I was 25 years old, single with an infant and a two-year-old and living on $600 a month. Giving up $60 a month when I was living in poverty was tough. I kept thinking, surely I need this more than anyone. But I decided I was going to do what God said. And every month I wrote out a check to my church for $60. Well, only a few months into it, my baby was having developmental issues and needed extensive testing and therapy. Now what was I going to do? I was tempted to stop tithing, but I didn't. And am I ever glad. Over the next month, there was an outpouring of help, help I didn't even ask for. I found groceries on my doorstep, envelopes of cash in my mailbox, checks in the mail. Every need was provided for, and effortlessly, it just came to me. It was God saying, Cindy, I see you and your every need, and I will always provide for you. It was 
amazing. And I've never doubted God or stopped tithing since. He proved himself. He truly has been a perfect provider. And I could tell you stories of his provision all day long. So if you're not tithing and feeling inspired to begin, don't start by doing the math. It'll never seem like you can afford it. Just start. And don't wait for a good time. Just start. God will provide. It's a promise. When you begin tithing, you are sending the message to God that you are choosing to trust him to be your provider. You are honoring him as your God. When you do, he will honor you. Tip number two, pay off debt. Debt is a huge problem and an easy door to captivity. Overspending is encouraged in every arena of our culture. Don't worry whether you can afford this house or car or vacation. We have a plan for everyone's budget. Plastic has become the form of payment for nearly everything. And more and more, we aren't even using plastic. Just point your phone at the payment machine and it's done. This has only made our debt problem worse. Being aware of our debt load is critical. And most people have no idea how much debt they are carrying on any given day. Living with debt has become a way of life. The problem with debt is that it is bondage. It is a heavy burden that leads to worry, fear, and anxiety. It makes us inflexible to sudden life changes. Debt is a form of voluntary slavery. Proverbs 22.7 in the NIV says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. When we are in debt, we are under the authority of the one who holds it until we pay it off. God doesn't want that for us. And if we don't pay our debts, God puts us in the category of wickedness. Psalm 37.21 says, The wicked borrows and does not repay. This might surprise you, but it is possible to live without any debt. Brian and I have a credit card, but we pay the balance in full every month. No exceptions. And a few years ago, we finally paid off our house. Our home and vehicles are debt-free. You may think you need debt, but that is a lie. Romans 13.8 says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. If you aren't tithing, you can change that quickly. If you are in debt, that's another matter. It'll take time to change that. However, it can be done. It starts by making a choice to get out of debt. Then pray and ask God for his help and power to work on your behalf. Then make a plan. Without a plan, it will never happen. I don't have time today to go into that any further, but there are plenty of Christian ministries out there who will help you get out of debt once you make the decision to do so. So check that out if you need help. You'll never regret making this decision. The freedom and flexibility that comes from debt-free living is amazing and worth the hard work of getting there. Tip number three. Pay yourself. You'll never succeed in being debt-free if you don't start giving yourself a paycheck. And I don't mean a paycheck to be spent, but one to be kept. Set a goal to pay yourself 10% 
putting that money aside in a savings account. This will allow you to weather the financial storms and respond to unexpected financial needs. Get into the habit now. Maybe you can't take 10% out immediately, but you can take something. Even if it's only 1%, it's a start. Maybe start with 1% and add one more percent every month until you reach 10%. Living paycheck to paycheck, hand to mouth, is the worst possible financial plan. That plan is begging for trouble and stress every month. Even if you have to start small, start somewhere. Otherwise, you'll be locked into debt because unexpected things always happen. Be wise. Be ready for those contingencies by saving money. Tip number four, spend less than you make. This goes right along with number two and three. In order to pay off debt and start saving money, we have to spend less than we make each month. This area is related to self-control and discipline. I know you love those words as much as you love the words tithing and saving. But it's time to grow up in the Lord and live as he asks us to live. And this requires we exercise some control. If we're addicted to shopping, entertainment, vacations, shoes, eating out, we become slaves to those things. They are now our master dictating our life. Matthew 6.24, the NIV explains why this is a problem. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Who are you going to serve? Jesus is saying that loving money is hatred toward God. Not curtailing your spending will put you under the wrong authority, and you will find yourself in bondage to that lifestyle. Don't look at that paycheck as something to be consumed in its entirety. That is what fools do. Be wise and live in moderation. Always spend less than you make. It will start you on the right road financially. And finally, number five, be content. Whatever God supplies, be content with that. Contentment will help you not overspend. Paul learned this truth and shares it with us in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, NIV. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So here's the secret to happiness. Be content with what you have. Want what you have and stop wanting what you don't have. That's another fool's game. God calls that coveting. Coveting is a serious distraction from the life God wants us to live. There is no prize at the end of that game. If we're guilty of coveting, no matter what we have, we will always want something else, always more. Satan loves this trap because he knows how effective it is for stealing us away from the life God has planned for us.
Have you been guilty of coveting? Ask God for contentment. He'll delight in answering that request. I'm well aware of the difficulties and challenges of getting our finances back on track if we're off in some or all of these areas. But remember, when you're seeking to honor God and obey his word, you're never alone. He will always make a way for you to do this, and he will give you the strength. Remember what Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All scripture is from the New King James Version, unless otherwise stated. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today. Thank you.